You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, queers. This is season four, episode six. Today, Harrow and I are talking Tony's. Thesis on Joan is a podcast dedicated to amplifying voices from the LGBTQ plus community in the New York performing arts scene and examining the industry from a queer perspective. Join us as we sit down with groundbreaking theater folks, both on stage and behind the curtain. For many queers, theater has been an escape, and this podcast looks to have open conversations on where we've come from and where we're headed as a community while queering the canon along the way. Hi, Harrow. Hey, Megan. So the Tonys happened. We watched they, them. They did. We didn't know <laughs> if they were going to for a minute, uh, but they did. I know. I, I feel like you can't talk about the Tonys this year without talking about the writer's strike. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. still kind of shocked that it went forward. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, me too. And especially after you reminded me that the last time there was a, a writer's strike, they didn't happen. Um, so I was kind of bracing myself for that, but I am, I am glad that they did go on and I hope that it's gonna help support the shows that were showcased. Um, and it's always, I don't know, a pretty joyful night for me to be able to watch the Tonys. Yeah. I'm always like kind of amazed that like the whole country could, I don't know if they are, tune in (laughs) to check out some musical numbers from Broadway. Um, and the setup, because of the writer's strike, they had the, um, the, there's no script, right? So mm-hmm. it was all very like dance heavy music. And then <laughs> I think the funniest was the presentation of the awards was so like cut and dry. It was like the nominees are, the winner is like very few people took advantage of the opportunity to just like off book it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of love that though. I didn't mm-hmm. miss the like corny bits or the like trying to be funny. There were some funny moments that I felt like just happened kind of uh, organically. And that felt a lot better to me than, you know, trying really hard. Yeah. I feel like I, I appreciated how quickly it all moved mm-hmm. <laughs> without all the extra things. <laughs> Yeah, and I felt like it gave more time. Like, they did clips from the plays when the nominees were announced, and I really liked that. That felt new, and mm-hmm. I don't think they would have done that if they had had to, like, if they had been shorter on time. Yeah, I remember they they did that, like, way in the way in the past, like, at least 10 years ago, and they had, like, moved away from it. But, like, I love seeing the play clips, and especially if you think about the Tonys, 
solely as a marketing tool, right? Mm -hmm. So you're marketing these shows for folks visiting New York. You're marketing these shows for people who will see musicals on tour. But you're also marketing plays to be licensed in terms of the best play categories. So I think having a visual for it helps folks who run regional and different theaters across the country have a better idea of what they're shopping for, too. Yeah. I think it did lead to some very strange clips for the musicals. Uh, I was re- <laughs> I was reading that like they would have had to secure their rights if they had shown any of the songs. So oh. all the all the clips they showed were, were dialogue, were scenes. But it felt very strange and off. I think for musicals to be showing that, like the one that sticks out to my mind is Ruthie Ann Miles because yeah, she- <laughs> just gonna say, so weird. I mean, the spit take really got me. I'm like, oh, look how committed she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so her clip, she's playing, what is that character's name technically? Lucy. And Sweeney Todd. Lucy, okay. <laughs> but yeah, the clip was literally just her talking and then spitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the cut to her in the audience and she was just like shrugged shoulders like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it seemed pretty clear that the performers had not okayed the clips that were chosen. For yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that makes sense though with the music. I, yeah. I was wondering about that. <laughs> but yeah, more clips. I think that's great. Feature as much of mm-hmm. the shows as you can. Yeah. And for some of the shows that are closed, I'm like, that's the only thing I'll ever see from that performance, oh. probably. So, yeah. Sadly. RIP. Because all the best plays or all the revival plays were closed except one. And I think most of the best plays are either almost closed or. Yeah, so things move quickly in those categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we had host, return host, Ariana DeBose came back. Gosh, she can host anything, any day. Like, I think amazing. she's such a star. Um, mm-hmm. We have to talk that about that big opening number where, you know, she flips through a blank script and then it goes into like a big dance montage through the gorgeous lobby of the United Palace where she jumps, she flings her body <laughs> fully down a flight of stairs to be caught. And I think we were watching it together, and I think we all just, like, mm-hmm. gasped aloud. Yeah. <laughs> we were watching with our friend Christine, and I think we were all just like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, she made it look easy, but. Yeah. I think the angle they shot it from just made it also look very dramatic. Yeah. Death-defying feats by Ariana DeBose. Um, It's bad to admit that when she was flipping through the blank script, I didn't even think about what that symbolized. Okay, I don't know. We're going rogue, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, writer strike!" Right, right, right. (laughs) Forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they brought it up a lot, so I, I think if anyone was worried about the Tonys happening in spite of the strike, I think it was very much a vehicle for many people to speak up about supporting it and fighting for it. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I It didn't occur to me that the writer strike would also impact like the people writing lyrics, like new lyrics for the Tonys. And that's why there weren't really songs with lyrics in them that they uh, yeah. that were original pieces. Um, but I kind of like that too. And the dancing was, was amazing. Yeah, the dancing was great, and I feel like that's rarely featured on this mm-hmm. broadcast. So there were definitely some cool. queer couple partners dancing in the opening act. Did you see that? 
That was very exciting. Oh, I saw it and I heard you go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little Easter egg moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, the framing of it was just what it needed to be. It wasn't like overly hosted either. I feel like she only came on maybe like four or five times throughout the whole broadcast. Mm-hmm. So. One of my favorite moments was when she was like, welcome whoever shows up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um yeah, she must have not known, like didn't have the cards or whatever for who was coming up. Next. Oh, that's true, because there's no prompter. So Yeah. And she was in the audience mm-hmm. at that point. Um that was very funny. It was uh David Henry Huang was one of them, and I forget who the other person was. Um my <laughs> my friend was like, She had one job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff to remember. It is. Yeah. No, I I yeah. cut her some slack. Yeah. Um I was trying to think if there were any other like kind of wacky off book moments. Kind of the really the one that sticks with me is when um uh somebody called the governor of Florida the Grand Wizard. Yeah, Danae Benton. <laughs> that was Danae Benton, okay. Fuck yeah. When <laughs> She was presenting the uh, Teacher of the Year Award. Amazing. That was uh, such a good moment. Yeah. And speaking of the Teacher of the Year Award, yet again, the Tonys finds ways to be the most inaccessible award show to watch on television. Um, (laughs) This year it was on Pluto TV, which downloaded for the first time on Sunday. Took it off my iPad after. Sorry, Pluto TV. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I... It'll always like just kind of tear me up a little bit that they present all the creative awards off regular broadcast. So like over was it over half of the awards they did in the first yeah. batch one? Mm-hmm. Including the one like best uh score. Yeah. That I just this, can't why. <laughs> best score was first. And so if you couldn't even get the app to work, you missed it. Wow. And that's the second time Janine Tesori's had to accept a Tony Award off air, basically. Such bullshit. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah. Um, they only saved, like, the big show awards and the performance awards for, and the big writing awards. Mm-hmm. But, like, all these creative, I don't know, I feel like you always see, like, the most rich representation from, like, the creatives and, like, the most interesting speeches. Um, and... Yeah, uh, it's it's sad that that's cut because a lot of people don't even know that these are careers that exist in the yeah, theater. Exactly. And I don't know what the solution is. Like, I also don't want a five hour Tony broadcast, right? Because people mm-hmm. aren't going to stay for that. But yeah. only us. I know. I, I'm like, give me an eight hour Tony broadcast. I'm ready. I'll watch every minute. Yep. Yeah. It's not like there was anything I'd want cut from the televised broadcast. I thought it was all good content. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Um, so the format is will continue to be weird. Can't wait to see what they do next year. It'll be like, <laughs> go to this park, download this app that's location specific. You can watch one number here and then you have to go to this other look. I don't know. It's going to be like Pokemon Go brings you oh, the Tonys. But <laughs> the least accessible. Amazing. Yeah. So the big award of the night. Um, best musical went to Kimberly Akimbo, which you've seen. I have not seen. And I was actually a little surprised, even though I I knew they were in the running for this. What did you think? 
Yeah, I think of all the show, I haven't seen Shucked, which I really, I still really want to see, so I can't really mm-hmm. speak to that. But of the other shows, I haven't seen New York, New York either. But this was felt the most original. Um, mm-hmm. This and Shucked, so I was kind of rooting for Kimberly or Shucked. Um, yeah, I think I think the show was a little overhyped for me before I saw it, so I had really high expectations. Um, and it's a pretty quiet show, and it's, it has a kind of a simple sweet message and i think i wanted something a little or i was expecting something a little more complicated i think coming from janine tesori coming from a straight play um Mm -hmm. and yeah it's a good time i think it has some great music um but yeah i think it just wasn't what as i I was expecting but i'm i'm happy it won yeah it seems like it's always nice when something completely original takes it and um even though it's based on a play i think david Lindsay bear's play was he just made it up i don't think it's based on anything else um but yeah and two performers won victoria clark and bonnie milligan and you said that their Ugh. performances were great right i fucking love bonnie like i'm so glad that she's <laughs> getting all the accolades because she's amazing like she was the best part of the show for me definitely stood out um mm-hmm. like the fat representation is incredible like there are parts where i felt like is this a fat joke and i hope it's not but i think again like depends on kind of the audience perception that right it could be seen as a fat joke um but i think they were trying to not do that as much as possible mm-hmm. yeah i know i feel like i've been wanting i've been wanting justice for bonnie since head over heels so i'm glad that <laughs> this happened <laughs> i saw her in some prospect theater musical where she was like a viking was that the jasper one with matt doyle anyway she was amazing like imagine her as a viking and like singing her face off yeah oh i I would be there that's awesome (laughs) i will say i was a little as someone who hasn't seen the show a little confused by the number they picked to perform i feel like i know a little bit about the show and i still kind of didn't know what was going on so Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's another number you thought they should have picked for that moment yeah, I think they picked the number that they wanted to showcase Victoria and Justin. I would have gone with the Bonnie song. Like, hers are the most upbeat. They're funny. They're entertaining. I think people mm-hmm. would have wanted to see it. Uh, I love the song Better, which is basically her being like, I do all these shitty things to other people because it makes my life better, including, like, mm. stealing from old ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Okay. Yeah, I'm intrigued. It's, yeah, it's very, it's a great song. It's a good bop. Um, but yeah, I think that's the most catchy, but that's not really the essence of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, people are seeing this and going to be like, I hope that doesn't come on tour. <laughs> this seems strange. <laughs> um, but I am excited to see it now. I I have been meaning to get to it, so they yeah me over with bonnie i think i was just gonna say i kind of wish it was still a play because i thought there was a lot to mine with the family dynamics that they just didn't have enough time to get into that were really Mm -hmm. interesting but because of the musicalness and the kind of bubbliness it lost that aspect of it and that was the part i was the most interested in so i'd be interested i need i want to read the play version of it too yeah i'm I'm curious if things changed too from the play to the musical Mm, yeah Adapting himself, really. 
<laughs> yeah, point. And there's the queer aspect. There's like four high school kids who all have like crushes on each other, and the, the, that's queer, and it's very cute too. So there's some queer nice. stuff. And I'm happy it was able to kind of hang on. It opened very early in the season, and I know getting through that December, January, February like time is tough and Mm. they made it and I hope they're getting good bump now that they have that best musical award. Yeah. I hope so too. I don't have much to say about best play. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think I'm not surprised that this one, but yeah, I, yeah. So, okay. Confession. I won the lottery for it last week on Wednesday. (laughs) This is Leopold stat, by the way. Yes. And I decided to skip it because I wanted to watch the finale of the Ultimatum Queer Edition instead. Can you think of a more <laughs> w- specific way for a theater kid to celebrate Pride? I'm skipping <laughs> Leopold's shot to watch the Ultimatum. <laughs> oh I'm, my goodness. I'm still stand by my choices. It was fun and I got to, you know, yeah. do all the water cooler talk the next day. So, Yeah, which was important, honestly. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I want to see it. I will say that like the, I feel like I never have the bandwidth for a stoppered show, but I know. <laughs> we'll see it. It's only around for a few weeks. So we'll see yeah. If I I'll get play there. the lottery again. Mm-hmm. And I was like pleasantly surprised that top dog underdog won play revival. I didn't think it was going to win, but to get to see Susan Laurie Parks up on stage, just mm-hmm. like so happy and excited. Like that was really cool. Yeah. It made me very sad. I missed it. Um, but yeah, love her. Love anytime she can get up on stage and speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like rock star of the off Broadway world. And I feel like most folks who follow just Broadway wouldn't even really know who she is. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that I'm glad that she was up there. Yeah. As one of the producers. That was genius on the show's part too, I think, to make her a producer because she if she hadn't been, she wouldn't really have been up there accepting that award. So that's so wild. And she won yeah. the original production won a Tony too, I think. It was nominated for Best Play, but did not win. But it did win the Pulitzer that year. Oh. <laughs> so Again, joining Fat Ham in the long line of plays that do not win Best Play, but have won the Pulitzer. <laughs> Gotta win one of them. I, I was, yeah, I was hoping that they would win Best Play. Um, I, I kind of thought they had it, but never underestimate Tom Stoppard. I really wanted Ain't No Mo to win. I, I Fat, mm-hmm. Fat Ham was my second choice, but I thought Ain't No Mo was so beautiful and like one of the most radical things I'd ever seen on Broadway. Yeah. Did they end up winning any awards? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope they get licensed. I hope that people saw it and want to know more. So Yeah, for sure. And then we had a uh, best musical revival, which went to parade. Mm-hmm. I was shocked by this too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, I, again, I have not seen this yet. So you said it wasn't necessarily your favorite thing that you've seen. I think I was very disappointed because Parade to me is about the music and Lucille, a.k.a. Carolee Carmelo. And I just wanted Carolee Carmelo to be in the show and she wasn't. <laughs> so I was disappointed. Ben Platt's great. I think the direction's really interesting. I was struck by like how 
because I, I watched the record like a video recording of the original at Toft at the Performing Arts mm-hmm. Library, but I don't think I got how much of the show uh, is about the framing of this murder of this lynching and like how the politics behind <clears throat> what was going on at the time made it happen. Um, and it, mm-hmm. that was really that's really clear in this revival, and I felt anxious to the whole show even though i knew what was gonna happen i was just so anxious about yeah the outcome um and the music is gorgeous so yeah it's a i'm I'm glad it won um Mm -hmm. yeah i loved into the woods but i understand why that didn't want win and i haven't seen the other two revivals yet yeah, I was kind of surprised. Well, I didn't really know what to think with this category because I've heard, I mean, I know Into the Woods is good, but it's not like a fully staged thing. And Parade also isn't like totally staged. Would you say it's more staged than Into the Woods? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sweeney Todd is, I haven't heard that it's like the best revival ever, but it is a beloved show and it is probably selling the best mm-hmm. so you know it's i don't know it was a weird category this year yeah yeah and then i was also excited that the show was at the united palace theater which is yeah. just a few blocks away from where i live which is exciting i i remember going there the first time i went to a, a west side story movie screening the original mm-hmm. and i was just floored that a theater so beautiful existed you know in washington heights and i had never heard of it i'd never been there and like the the lobby is so gorgeous, the theater itself is so gorgeous. And then it had, uh, this was probably ten years ago. It had Lynn Manuel Miranda and Rita Moreno came out and did like a talk back after the the screening. So cool! It was such a cool event. Um, they had like dancers in the lobby doing the dances with the gangs. They had like cupcakes with oh my the gosh. like West Side Story decoration on it. It was such a cool fun event. Um, yeah, and so I'm so glad it's getting featured like this now. Yeah, it was, I think, what a great feature of it, too, from the lobby to, like, into the actual house. Like, I know my um, my dad texted me, like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, I can't <laughs> believe this theater looks like this. Because if you do go to Broadway theaters, he's been to many, and it, they don't look like that. This yeah. was, like, a huge touring house, like, spectacle. Yeah, so... Again, hope just like that. I hope the plays get licensed. I hope people are booking the United Palace for yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's so ornate. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I did hear a rumor that the air conditioner wasn't working. People did keep commenting about how hot it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you look back at the pictures, there, a lot of people are pretty shiny. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it's okay. We don't have to include that. We don't have to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should. They, the people deserve to know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Can't cover up lies about the United Palace. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what was a highlight for you, Harrow, in watching the broadcast? I know we've already talked about a lot of moments. I mean, the two actors, the two non-binary performers that won Best Actor in a Musical was definitely the highlight for me. Like, first Alex Newell for Shucked, followed by Jay Harrison Gee, like... I mm-hmm. was hoping at least one of them would win and to have both of them just felt like such a beautiful, um, I don't know, cap to the evening. Uh, I really wasn't expecting that either. And it, it gave me, it gave me some hope, also some frustration that we're still 
fucking gendered categories like why um hopefully these wins will push the tonys to get rid of the gendered categories Mm -hmm. um but yeah i can't i cannot believe the outer critic circle got rid of the gendered categories before the tonys but i know (laughs) that is shocking to me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i hope if anything like these wins make them like really strongly consider like, okay, clearly, (laughs) you know, we need to figure this out because we don't want other folks to have to, you know, excuse themselves or pick a category that they don't fit in. Maybe both of these actors had to do that. I I don't know. They did. They had to choose. They did. They had to pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm so thrilled they both won, though, and they both looked amazing yeah. as well. <laughs> and seeing so, like, I know Jay Harrison like definitely deserves that award, and I've seen the I've seen Alex's like main song, and it's incredible. Like their oh voice gosh. is out of this world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so happy for them. I say we're all happy that Leah Michelle had to watch Alex Newell accept an award. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I would have loved to see that interaction afterwards. Yeah. If there was what one. if the camera just cut right to her as, <laughs> as they were giving their speech? Oh. Yeah. I did. I think I sighed or groaned every time they showed Leah Michelle. I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I want to say that that was actually my like low point of the Tonys is that they let them perform. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Again, the Tonys is a marketing tool, but that show already performed. They had their moment. Like, yeah, they're going on tour, but Funny Girl's going to sell anyway. So who cares? Like, mm-hmm. leave the space for the new shows to get a chance. You think Kimberly Akimbo's going to get another opportunity to do a musical <laughs> number on TV? No, right? Yeah. This is it. So why are we closing it out with a song everyone knows, with a person everyone recognizes? With, she's already performed that song on the Tonys. Yep. <laughs> A performance we've already seen on the Tonys. Yeah, so that was a bummer. Yeah. I was very grateful we didn't have to see uh, Christian Borrell in a dress at any point. This is true. Yes, I'm glad whoever structured that performance, they did a nice job showing Mm -hmm. us about the tap, showing us why we need to all go celebrate J. Harrison Yee. But Mm -hmm. we, (laughs) yeah, tastefully did not include christian borrell's drag moment on yeah. national tv i thought some like it hot had one of the best performances that night uh it was so oh yeah like classic musical theater the choreography looked great the costumes are so beautiful um yeah i bet that we'll get it some ticket sales yeah i hope so i hope everyone got some kind of bump from this um like a show like life of pie i hope they got a lot of ticket sales after all those design awards yeah they were mostly not broadcast but (laughs) they did show some things (laughs) i was so happy life of pie won so many awards um i really love that production did you know that one of the understudies for the main character who's usually a boy is is a queer woman no yeah or at least a queer afab person um i would love to see that person go on yeah oh that's awesome yeah um i also i like the of the performances i preferred i I really liked the end juliet one i thought that was really fun and Mm -hmm. i enjoyed the sweeney one because i hadn't really seen the choreography or the staging of any of it and i was Mm -hmm. i wasn't expecting it to be so choreographed but i was into it it was real creepy yeah i was like 
give me that wall of sound. Like yeah. they showed you like, we, we got the numbers and we're going to scream in your face. And Ugh. I'm like, all right, great. Yes. <laughs> I was disappointed that Annalie Ashford wasn't part of the performance. Um, I mean, I know she's amazing, but does the rest of America know? Not sure. She's <laughs> been in a lot of televised stuff now. Mm-hmm. And at least small things. Um, but Did not watch- singing the worst pies in London. That's true. It's true. Did you watch Masters <laughs> of Sex? No, but Grace always talks about it because she's she's gay in it, right? Or she's yeah. a queer character in it. Was Sarah yeah. Silverman? Yeah, I gotta I gotta watch that. It's I really like that show. Lizzie Kaplan is in it too, and she's fantastic. And uh, I'm always here for Lizzie Kaplan. And Allison Janney, Allison Janney's role is incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been on my list forever. I need to watch it. It's great. Um, okay, performances we we don't we already talked about Kimberly Akimbo, I and Funny Girl. The other one I just want to shout out is like, why do in It Takes Two from Into the Woods? Why? <laughs> it's all for Milky Way, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, they should have done I don't anything else. <laughs> like one of the most yeah. kind of boring numbers. I was also confused by that, like. I know they're trying to feature the nominated folks, but the actress who plays Little Red was not featured and she was nominated. Um, I don't know. What song would you have picked if you had to choose? I mean, I I love a good Your Fault, uh, Last Midnight mashup. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess it's not a mashup. That's just how it goes. But there, I guess there are a lot of spoilers in that number. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that one's very fun and exciting and just so impressive to watch Mm -hmm. but yeah i guess it doesn't really feature the people that they wanted to feature what would you choose i feel like last midnight right is like Mm. such a banger and um i don't know that's a tricky show now that i think about it to pull a song out of like Mm. agony's funny on its own but neither one of those actors were were nominated um i'm just thinking like from the tour perspective if you're watching the Tonys that show looked really small after mm-hmm. what they did. So maybe like part of the opening with the, yeah, whip? actually. Yeah, yeah. Do the opening like, um, like Shuck did. That's what it felt like they did. Yeah. I mean, the opening is like a 15 minute song, but like right. could it, cut it down. Maybe <laughs> you could scale that back. Yeah. Um, to give a little more story building for sure. Um, yeah, which I like the Shucked song reminded me a lot of the, um, great comment opening number they were like here's all these people and here's how they connect yeah (laughs) yeah i really want to see shocked i'm excited and the corn kick line was great um (laughs) yeah (laughs) lots of good dad jokes um i do have to say that uh my dad was texting me during the tonys (laughs) and when the camelot performance happened um he just texted me everything is like morse code like it's all like periods and so he just texted me camelot period lancelot period wow what a voice period so tall period <laughs> so i'm like even my dad's crushing on lancelot bye for wow Jordan. what a voice <laughs> he did sound great like they definitely i honestly thought the camelot performance was really good they, they mm. really took the medley approach and gave you a little bit of everything so I enjoyed it. I not really like yearning to see it, but I I would see mm-hmm. it maybe. We'll see. 
Yeah. It at least showed that there's really talented people doing the thing. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So biggest disappointment? I did mention mine. Mine was a funny girl performance. Okay. So... So uh, I've already complained about Leah Michelle. Was there any <laughs> any moments that were like disappointing or not quite what you wanted? I Harrow? talked about Ain't No Mo. I was very sad they didn't get anything, mm-hmm. and I was sad that K-pop. I mean, I was glad that they were at least nominated. That like they were mm-hmm. remembered a little bit for score and I think costumes or cho- choreography. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved for them to win something, but. You know, they were there. They were kind of represented. Um, oh, I, I wish they had been nominated for Best Musical so they got to perform because that yeah. would have been an incredible performance. Oh. I still can't believe, like, how the marketing messed up so badly that they couldn't get to the K-pop audience and keep kept that show open. Like Something that. went wrong there. Like, someone mm. needs to write a paper about it or expose because something – didn't doesn't connect about what went down yeah yeah i'm very sad about that well i mean i hope here lies love does better i am excited to see that this summer um Mm -hmm. i read ruthie ann uh, miles did an interview with playbill recently with deep tran and they said that they offered her she had the option to star in it but because she was doing you know light in the piazza and Mm -hmm. sweeney it just like didn't really work out uh, I am seeing Light in the Piazza next weekend, and I can't nice. freaking wait. I am so excited. <laughs> the promo videos look awesome. Oh, they sound so beautiful. I love this. Uh, the the actor who's playing Clara, I she's a baby. She's like still in college, but she's incredible. Oh, wow! What a break for her. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I looked at her Instagram, and it was like the, the post like two before was like her performing at the Jimmies. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> the Jimmy to City Center pipeline. <laughs> we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, one more nerd about Light in the Piazza. They're like making mm-hmm. it so the characters are actually Korean immigrants. And I'm oh, wow. so curious, like, how that's going to play out without changing anything. Did they rewrite any of the book or I no? Don't- think so and i don't know how okay. they're gonna like make that clear but they like speci- in one of the interviews they're specifically like ruthie and miles the mom character is a korean immigrant and like she's also trying to get her daughter to like assimilate and that's why there's also these tensions with her of you know not behaving and being you know the proper girl daughter she wants her to be oh wow it's like um when they did the Deaf West Spring Awakening, you're like, this makes more sense when you open it up to more ideas of who could be in this show. Yeah. Uh, can't wait. Very cool. And like City Center, wow, they had a great night last night with, or last night, they had a great <laughs> night, Tony night with Parade and Into the Woods. Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about Light in the Piazza next year. Oh, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could take it. <laughs> I feel like you can get good hints based on how built out the set is when you go see. It. <laughs> mm, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. very excited. I forgot the parade was a city center show too until you just said this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they won, so good for them. Yeah. Um, but it felt like a robust Tony season this year. I think we're finally post COVID. Where it doesn't seem like folks are like still waiting it out. I, I felt like 
people came in when they felt like their shows were ready. And I, I hope that continues next year and we we have another like kind of rich, varied season. Yeah. More diversity. I don't know if anyone's looking for Tony voters. Megan and I are are would be happy to be on that committee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dreams. Yes. So this episode's Action of the Up is helping bring queer events to youth by supporting Drag Story Hour NYC. Drag Story Hour NYC produces storytelling and creative arts programs for children and teens presented by local drag artists in libraries, schools, and other community spaces in all five boroughs in New York City, and virtually. Through fun and fabulous educational experiences, the programs celebrate gender diversity in all forms of difference to build empathy and give kids the confidence to express themselves however they feel comfortable. You can call your local library and ask them to book a Drag Story Hour event. DSHNYC is an approved vendor with all three public library systems in the city. Local public library branches can book events through the library's central administration. You can also call your New York City council member and ask them to allocate discretionary funding to Drag Queen Story Hour NYC. If your council member gives them funding, DSH programs can be free for your local schools and libraries. We'll link to the information to find out who your council member is. When you call, tell them that you are a constituent and that you would like your council member to allocate discretionary funding to Drag Queen Story Hour NYC to bring the program to the district. You can also volunteer with DSH by tabling at awareness events, working fundraising events, posting on social media, and helping with administrative work. We'll link to the volunteer list sign-up form. And unfortunately, they no longer post their events publicly for safety purposes, but you can sign up for their mailing list to find out more about upcoming events. And we will link to that in the show notes, and you can visit dshnyc.org. So, Harold, besides Light in the Piazza, what other queer things are you doing this summer? <laughs> I don't think that counts. but It, it counts to me because <laughs> yeah. I'm queer and I am going to get some joy out of it. Um, I don't know. I'll probably go to Reese at least once. <laughs> yeah, we got to coordinate that. I got to go too. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I like have some pride plans for um, the Queer Liberation March. Um, and my friend is going to be in town. So we're going to try and do some some queer stuff. That'll be nice. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have any solid plans at this point. What about you? I just want to take like queer restorative time, which is like me laying on the couch watching musical theater videos, I think. <laughs> yeah, you've had such a busy year. Yeah, I mean, we both have. It's, it's school teacher life, too. It's inevitably busy this time of year. Yeah. So looking forward to I love that pride kind of is the end of the school year, though. It's mm. going out with like a big celebratory moment, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the um, things I would like to do this summer is my queer culture wreck, and that's visit Mary's Bar, which is a sister bar to Ginger's that just opened, I think, oh. about a month ago. Yeah, it's in that weird Greenpoint slash Williamsburg, like, gray area. <laughs> <laughs> but it is... Uh, it is advertising itself as a queer Irish bar, which I don't think I've ever seen, like, specifically said before. So that's, mm. you know, that's for me. <laughs> and um, it's even more for me because on Wednesdays they are doing Irish sessions, which is basically when folks bring 
um, folk instruments and you just jam, but it's all like queer artists. So like queer violin players, banjo players, accordion players, harpsichord players, I don't know, whatever instruments people bring to a jam. Um, They also have karaoke nights. They're doing a lot of like dyke beer events. So it, it looks like a nice, like casual queer space. Like I'm not seeing a lot of like go-go dancing happening at Mary's <laughs> bar. So you can wear like comfy clothes and enjoy some banjo and have a beer and maybe sing karaoke. And that sounds like a dream to me. Yeah. That's so perfect for you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's awesome how about i i I guess you're probably not going to say the ultimatum but maybe the ultimatum is your queer culture oh my god yeah i should probably (laughs) i had something else but yeah the ultimatum i mean if you haven't been watching it what are i mean you're not in the queer yeah what are you doing i mean but it's so i mean it's horrible it is uh the people are are upsetting the the concept so the concept blows my mind it's like it's It's terrible (laughs) five couples who one of them has given their partner an ultimatum to propose to them or it's over basically so ultimatums always are a good healthy thing in relationships right and then they go on this reality show (laughs) where they date everyone else in this group of 10 people decide on a partner to go off and live with for three weeks someone who's not their original partner And then they decide at the end of it, if they're going to get engaged to the new person who they just met four weeks ago or get engaged to their original partner. Like I, this, what, what, chaos? Um, it's such queer chaos. I mean, originally it was straight chaos, but now it's queer chaos. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it's, you know, this is the queer trash we've been dreaming of. And I was very into it. Um, There is some, the reunion has some problematic aspects with like with some domestic violence um so if you are it's it's not shown but it's discussed um and someone is like very triggered by it so if you are if that's something you want to avoid don't watch the last episode um and i think there's a lot of discourse and it's not it's not um like i don't know how to say this it's it's like low key supported by some yeah. of the people on the show. So it's very troubling. And there's nothing, you know, afterwards or before saying like, if you're experiencing domestic violence, instead you see cast members feeling bad for the abuser. So that is uh, troubling. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a lot of discourse that I've seen, at least on like TikTok and Instagram and like some of the, the news public, like Autostraddle and them have talked about how troubling that is and how the producers should be held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say part of my queer culture rec should be reading Carmen Machado's writings on the ultimatum because um, she's really been, I don't know, changing the way that I'm viewing it too of like who's the quote unquote heroes and villains of the show. Yes. Um, I just wish it wasn't so boring. I wish they talked about stuff that wasn't like just hypothetical relationship jargon. I wish I knew like anyone's job or like where anyone <laughs> lived or like any detail about them besides like if they're there for the right reasons. Yeah. Anyone's values besides <laughs> they just want to get married. <laughs> yeah. It's like really like cardboard people, but it is queer trash and we always want queer trash. So it's I can't get too picky with it. <laughs> I mean, Mal's great. I like Mal, but um, I don't know if I really like anyone on that show, though. Yeah. 
I Yoli was my favorite until the the reunion and until she was like, oh, poor Mildred. Yeah. And it seems like she was really shady about what she told Mal and but like what was happening yeah. with Xander. About Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like was... how Vanessa's like, you're going to talk about Hawaii? And they're like, what do you mean Hawaii? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> it's like, you guys are terrible. <laughs> Trash. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Lexi was very pretty, but she's a baby. Oh, yeah. Lexi's hot. And <laughs> it, for someone to say, like, you're not here for the right reasons, like, go look at her Instagram and tell me why she was there. Like, I haven't looked at her Instagram, but I believe you. Oh, that's a dark hole. Like, you're never getting <laughs> out of there. <laughs> she's she's serving up exactly what you want. And yeah. It's, yeah. Interesting. Um, I feel like Ozzy and Sam are the only people that I would actually meet in the real <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone else seems like fantasy characters <laughs> i was pretty mortified at how aussie reacted to any kind of conflict but i hope that aussie has worked on that <laughs> i know like literally running away from everything yeah but at least they had a real conversation with someone on the show about like what they're going through which yeah. is not true for most of the characters i'm saying characters they're not real so. <laughs> that's legit if you you probably watched it but if not watch it <laughs> well this is our last episode before we go on a summer hiatus yeah so i hope everyone enjoys pride does some queer relaxing summer activities and we will see you in the fall yeah fall theater season okay bye bye queers <laughs> see ya Thanks for listening. If you like, please rate and review us and share us with your friends. So excited to hear your queer culture recommendations or any of your ideas on how we could queer the canon. You can call us, yes, actually call us and leave us a voicemail at 845-445-9251 or send us an email at thesisonjoan at gmail.com. Until next time, keep it queer. Not that it'd be that hard for y'all to do. <laughs> all right hey harrow hey megan should hey, we do the tony's happened <laughs> oh yeah we should do the cold open hey it's leslie Odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.